Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Aaron Runner, owner of Full Stride Performance in Roswell, Georgia. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Doing what I love, talking gym business with gym owners. I'm living the life. So let's hop into it. Let's just get down. Tell us all about Full Stride, what it is that you do there, and how you do it. All right. Well, I mean, in short terms, uh, Full Stride Performance is a uh, we're a sports training or sports performance training facility in Roswell, and we want to help athletes get better. Um, the majority of what we do here is uh, medium to large group training with athletes ranging from elementary school to high school. And um, I would say that our, our biggest strength is probably just helping young athletes be introduced to the world of sports performance training and um, hitting them with foundational mechanics and primary movement patterns that'll build them, uh, build their foundation for success later on. Very well said. It's almost like you know what you're doing there. <laughs> I would like to think so. So we know where you are now, and that's what the business looks like. Give us a little bit of background. What's your background in athletics, in performance, and how did that lead you into uh, opening Full Stride, you know, going on six years ago almost? Um, background, going back to my playing days, um, you know, I finished out playing college hockey, um, but I started my youth hockey career in Atlanta, right here um, in Alpharetta, Georgia, which is a neighboring city to Roswell, Georgia. Uh, so for me, um, coming back here was a little bit of a homecoming, uh, but I played my college hockey up in New England at Plymouth State University, um, got my master's degree from the University of Maine. Uh, I've worked in, um, I've worked in college weight rooms. Um, I've been a head strength and conditioning coach for, at the university level. Uh, I was a, a professional strength and conditioning coach locally for the Atlanta Gladiators. And um, I guess what, what really drew me to the world of strength and conditioning and sports performance training was uh, my own injuries. And uh, initially, <clears throat> excuse me, initially uh, I wanted to go to school to be an athletic trainer um, and you know, take care of injuries, potentially become a physical therapist or something like that. But the more that I, I learned and the more that I got into it, the more I decided that I'd rather prevent injuries uh, versus, um, you know, not, and, you know, not disparaging athletic trainers, but, um, you know, you know, correcting them. I'd, I'd rather prevent them from happening in the first place. Yeah. I think that in a perfect world, the more injuries we could prevent, the more, you know, discomfort we can prevent in people, the better. And, if everybody moved to that side of things, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a worse world. There's always going to be things, acute, you know, injuries and freak things that happen. But I can see wanting to do that because in every aspect, um, you know, whether it's execution of fitness and then to the degree that it applies to our podcast business, you know, the real old adage, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Well, it never works. stops being true. Yep. So you realize you put in your experience, you tried, you, you saw what the different aspects, different um, routes you could go were. And at a certain point you said, all right, this is it. I'm going to do this the way that I want to do it. Find some, find some real estate, 
sign a lease, and then open the doors. So what did that look like for you? What was the state of, of your training roster? Did you have clients before you opened? Was it just an, if I build it, they will come feel the dream situation? How did it uh, shake out when you really decided to open? Actually, it, it started out being A and ended up being B. Um, I had a whole, uh, whole team that was supposed to come in on, uh, on opening day. And, um, you know, just being green, I, I didn't get everything uh, on paper right away. And then right when I opened, um, they decided that it was a little too much as far as the costs go. So I opened with zero athletes. And then a couple of those, uh, a couple of the athletes from the team came on board with me. So I ended up opening the doors uh, day two with two athletes. And it's just had to grow from there through a steady stream of trial and error. All right. So where you are now, good size facility, about 5,000 square feet, 4,000 square feet, roughly of training space. Is that the same place that you opened up six years ago? Yes, it is. Okay. So you found a spot and you said, this is, this is going to be it for as long as, for as long as I can make this happen until maybe you outgrow it or, or whatever happens. So you haven't had to go through any of any of those trials and tribulations. You found a spot, you loved it. You're making it work. So you have that you're there. You open up, kind of get the rug pulled out from under you, but hey, day two, there's people there, so it feels real. What do you do then? You know, are you out? Are you reaching out to teams? Are you reaching out to old contacts? How do you start working on getting more clients in the door? Well, at that point, our, our business model was, was shaping up to be roughly 50% uh, adult fitness clientele and 50% athletes. Like we didn't want to leave anything off the table. And I say we as in the Royal, we as I, you know, I was doing everything on day one. Um, and even up until year four, I was still wearing all the hats. But, um, you know, most of what we were trying to do or I was trying to do was um, just lots of uh, email collection, lots of cold calls. Uh, we're fortunate enough to be in an area where we have a lot of local businesses. So on days, which was days where I wasn't doing anything, which was virtually a lot of those days early on, um, I was just out hoofing it on the sidewalk, um, just, you know, handing out postcards and business cards and flyers and just trying to get anybody under the sun under in my doors. Gotcha. So you spent a lot of time actually pounding the pavement, doing the guerrilla marketing, doing the hand-to-hand -hand combat as we like to call it, how long would you say you were doing that before you felt comfortable for you were, you know, how long did it take you to grow to a point where you really felt like, all right, this is, this is a real business. It's working. I'm feeling like there's some momentum. What would you say that turning point was for you? I would say that turning point, it's hard to, hard to really put a date on that because we've had like six or eight, um, times where, you know, it's just felt like we, we've tipped a little bit and, and gone the right way. But I'd say the first one probably came about six months in when, um, when it grew from, you know, I think at the time about four athletes to, to 12 or 15 and, um, adult fitness training, we had about 20 people, I want to say at the time. So it, it kind of felt like, okay, th this is going to start to work now. Okay. And at that time, it was it was just you, right? You were doing the athletes and the adult fitness. Yes, sir. Okay, so in what it was that way for the entire four years, you had no trainers. It was just you for the first four years you were open. 
Yeah, off the top of my head, I'd have to go back into some records. Um, we we did um, bring a, a couple of trainers on board uh, about a year before COVID. So that yeah, that probably would have been about three and a half years in. Um, and you know, not, nothing against them. They were great quality trainers. Um, it just you know, we we've had trainers come and go that just did not see the need to grow themselves either. So, but I, I, so I would say that for the first, you know, five years, almost that um, 90 plus percent of the revenue was generated, generated by myself only. Okay. So you get to that point, you know, six or so months in and, and for our purposes, the exact time doesn't matter, but you're feeling like you have, you know, 15 athletes, 20 people in adult fitness. Now, <clears throat> was that a turning point as far as now you have enough people and they've been in long enough, they're starting to get results. And now that snowballs into word of mouth and referrals. Is that where the, the big feeling change was? Absolutely. And it, it we were starting to get referrals. Uh, like you said, um, word of mouth was starting to, to snowball a little bit. And, um, it, and it sort of actually made me realize that all the things that I was doing before just weren't working. Um, you know, the, the guerrilla marketing, um, you know, email blasts, all of this stuff. Um, and honestly, to this day, um, I've never got a terrific return on either my time investment or, or my monetary investment in those ventures. Yeah. And you're not alone there. And especially for somebody who, um, has either by nature of who was attracted to you or by how, you know, how you grew as a trainer and a business owner, um, especially for those in the performance, you know, youth athlete performance, things like that. That's been a, that's traditionally a really tough nut to crack in any aspect other than just great referral and word of mouth business. You know, it's um, on the adult fitness side of things, we see gyms that, you know, they crush it. They do Facebook ads, they do Instagram ads, and they can, they can fill their gyms up in, you know, a couple of months with people who want to lose weight or just get fit, but you can't do that. Or I haven't seen anybody do it with paid advertising for youth athletics, you know, Facebook's got a lot tougher rules that Google, there are different things you can and can't do when it, it's got to do with kids. So it really has to be word of mouth referrals, just based on excellent results. No, I think so. Um, I think that a lot of, I, I do see a lot of uh, athlete ads and things like that on Facebook, but they usually come from either a bigger companies or, um, or B for, kind of cookie cutter online training type of things where it's going to be really cheap. They can get a quick turnaround on uh, or a quick return on their, their investment as far as advertising is concerned. But when we're talking about live in-person training, um, it, it's an investment as far as money is concerned. And um, I, I think that uh, I truly believe that parents need to come in and meet you and see that they're going to get the real deal when they walk in the doors before they do anything. They're not going to do it uh, anything off of an ad. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing because parents will, as I'm sure you've seen in, in any of us who've had any type of youth program, whether it's sports performance or general fitness, parents will go to the end of the of the earth for their kids. They'll spend more money on them than they will themselves. They'll they'll drive you know an hour each way, five times a week, whatever they need to do. They'll do that, but you have like you have to show them something. So. Um, the performance, the results tend to speak for themselves. And then if you have 
you have kids who are playing team sports, you can be, you know, word of mouth within the, the teammates, you know, how are you doing this? Why are you so much better? Or how does the kid show up the next year so much, you know, further ahead of, of the other people in their same group? So you get that really only based on having an excellent program, like keeping kids healthy, keeping them progressing, making sure that all, you know what the measurables are. It's all very objective when you have sports performance. So do you feel like it makes it harder to scale um, when your quality control has obviously been very high. So if you were to try to add on another coach or bring somebody in, in your specific program, does it make it harder for you to scale, you know, beyond being the guy who's executing it all? I think hypothetically, um, as far as, um, as far as the money goes, um, you know, obviously paying another coach, we would take a little bit of a hit right away, but it would free me up some time to, to go and find more athletes. But that said, uh, I think the trajectory that I'm trying to take is just to, to fill the sessions until, till we can't anymore. And then go and look for another coach to, to come in and, and help out with our elite and premier athlete programs. Yeah. Do you think, and I know you have, there's another path that you're going as far as uh, other trainers and we'll get into that, but for you and in, in your, your path, uh, you're, you're training the majority of the athletes or, or basically all of the athletes right now. Um, do you think that eventually, you know, whether that's five, 10, 15 years down the road, you will move into more of an overseer role where you're writing the programming, overseeing other coaches maybe taking some vacations once in a while or, or not being, being so tied into the day-to-day. -day. Is that a long-term goal for you at all? Or are you just content being right in it? Um, it? Honestly, that's a really tough question to answer because I really do love to coach and be hands-on with the athletes, but it's inevitable. I think that as you grow and you get, get larger scale, um, both uh both business wise and you know coaching wise where we've got you know too many athletes to handle that it's it's just inevitable that you're going to have to take a step back and take on more of a ceo role versus um you know the employee uh, that you are right now so i uh, yeah I, I i just think that that's something that's going to come eventually i think i always want to have one or two sessions a day maybe that i that i handle myself uh, but you know if you're going to if you're going to grow to where you want to grow, you can't do everything yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you said it, you know, an employee, it's a lot of people think they own a business, but don't realize that there's a stage in between where sure you own it, but you're really self-employed because you do still have a job. It's not this all of a sudden, Hey, I own this and I'm going to go sit my ties on the beach in, in Fiji all day. There's, there's still a lot of work to be done in between. So one of the other things from a business perspective that you're making a push into is a, uh, a trainer space rental sort of co-op model where you're bringing on trainers, not to train people in your program, but to have their own businesses inside your facility. So can we talk about that a little bit, how you came up with the idea and, and how you're executing it? Absolutely. Um, so it, going back a few years, it's something that kind of fell into my lap where I had trainers that came in and they were interested, but, uh, you know, in my, my relative youth, uh, as far as a business owner is concerned, I still kind of wanted to build a brand and do it all myself. So that, that was a little bit of a, a regret looking back on it. Um, 
you know, I wish I would have pulled the trigger on something like this sooner. Um, but honestly, we, we've just built up a reputation in the area where certain trainers are starting to come to us and, and asking us what we do here. And, and if it's, there's a possibility of them bringing their clientele on board to, to do similar stuff. So we, we uh, rent out the space um, in our schedule for a flat rent or flat uh, rate uh, per month. And um, honestly, so far it's, it's been working really well. We just make sure that we vet the coaches that they have the right credentials um, that they have the right attitudes and, um, and so far it's worked out really well for us. Perfect. And, and I really like the, the open-mindedness, but at the same time, the protection of, of your brand, of your, your training program, your reputation, um, because that can be a double-edged sword. You know, we talk to a lot of people who really want to make their living their passion is sports performance. A lot of times it could be youth, it could be college, but uh, it, it could be, you know, getting some pros or, or different athletes there that, you know, would still have use for a facility that wasn't uh, provided by their team or their organization. Um, but they really struggle to figure out a way to make a living at it. And one of the, the paths that a lot of times we see people go is adding on, just, just going in, filling up the gym and, um, going with, you know, weight loss or general, general fitness, or, you know, just adults that want to, you know, do workout only and that path can work. But sometimes we, we talk to coaches who identify as coaches first, and they almost feel like it's selling out or not in line with their passion. And I think, you know, you look at, at this angle of, Hey, I've got this facility. The overhead is is virtually fixed. And another way that I can increase income streams and increase my impact is just by letting other people run their own brand, have their own business. So you don't have to compromise what you love, or, you know, sometimes it's a combination, right? We love what we're best at. So you want to give the highest level of service in something you can be passionate, not necessarily take on a bunch of employees, right? It's a different model. And I think that's a great way, you know, for, for trainers who may be listening, trying to figure out a way to, to do this thing. Um, it's just, it seems like it's, it's got a lot of, a lot of potential in it. Uh, I think it's something that can help grow um, strength and conditioning in general, as far as coaches are concerned, because one of the things that's, that's really, really scary about starting out is taking on all this overhead yourself. And if you can find a place that, uh, that you like, that's got a great layout, um, where the rent is good and you you can build a relationship there, then you can essentially start a business for pennies on the dollar versus having to, again, take off on all of that burden yourself. So I yeah. think that being able to, to, you know, help other coaches do that is, is kind of a, a side, uh, benefit for us. Yeah. Have there been any things that have come up for you that when you started thinking about it, you didn't expect that were, you know, unexpectedly pro or con on the side of doing that? Because not, a, not everything is roses and, and sunshine and puppies. That's for sure. Uh, definitely. I, I mean, you know, I, and I think that um, it's not, not so much of a clash of coaching styles or personalities. I think it's just sort of a, uh, a getting used to you period where, you know, where new coaches want to, they need to get used to the rules that we have in place around here as far as scheduling or 
uh, cleaning up after yourself and, and room organization go. Uh, and honestly, for myself, it was, you know, getting used to having another person in the building doing a similar amount of business that I was doing, it, you know, having somebody else around after being in the building myself for so long. Uh, it, was, it was a bit of a change for me as well. Yeah, both both things that you might not might not pop up in your head going into it and you find yourself going, all right, this is weird, but it's okay. This is this is what I asked for. This is what I wanted. Now, now how do I make it work? So what else, what else is in store? You know, as we as we kind of get close, I didn't, you know, we're close on time here. What else is in store for you as an entrepreneur, as a business owner? for the facility, for the program, what do you see? You know, if we checked in on you five years down the road, what do things look like for you um, as far as where you can see the business going and yourself? Uh, honestly, I, I think that um, it, it's tough to look five years down the road the way the economy is right now and not being able to predict what it's gonna look like in the future. But if, if, I, had, uh, if I had my say in a perfect world, I would love to be in a facility at least twice the size that we're in right now. Um, I would like to have um, anywhere from five to 10 trainers uh, coming in for rent. I'd like to have five of my own. And honestly, we just like to scale up from the business that we have right now. I think that what we do is, uh, as far as the business model is adequate, I think that we, we deliver on it in, in, uh, in person as a product is, um, they're very much above average, if not more so, in my not so humble opinion there. Um, That's all so, right. So I think that just continuing to do what we do and scaling it up is, is the route that we're going to take. Perfect. Last question before we get all your, uh, all your links and social media places to find you. Um, you've been in the game a while now in various forms. You've been on the side of it as an athlete, so being trained and now trainer, business owner. So if you could pick a, a point that you could go back and tell yourself something that would be useful or maybe the, the biggest lesson that you've learned, is there anything that stands out for you in your career path uh, that you think would have served you the best to know sooner? If, uh, if, I, if I could go back and talk to myself, sorry about that. Um, if I could go back and talk to myself five, six years ago, I think I would just say it's gonna be okay. Sometimes you just need to hear that. And when you're the only, only person running the business, you know, you, when you're working for somebody else, you get used to hearing you know, good job or you get, or somebody tells you that's not a good idea. Um, doing it yourself, you don't know what the right answer is. And, you know, every decision that you make brings on a little bit of worry. So, yeah, I think if I could go back and talk to myself five years ago, I would just, I'd like to give myself some reassurance that it's going to be all right. I feel like we all all could use that sometimes. The uh, the internal conversations we have as entrepreneurs can be can look really, really, really wild, right? We can be great to ourselves one second, and then you know we're then we're on the the edge of disaster. So yeah, getting getting that smoothed out a little bit, I think, would serve us all well. All right, so we are officially out of time, but before I let you go, I want to make sure if our audience wants to find you if they're looking for, for some inspiration, for information, if they just want to see how you have your website executed, whatever it is, website, social media, anything you want to throw out there to the world, give it to us. Sure. Uh, you can find us at fullstrideperformance.com. Uh, we're on Facebook as Full Stride Performance, and you can find us on Instagram at FSP Training One. Perfect. Perfect. 
Aaron, I thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure, sir. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Uh, if you're thinking about making a go of it on a, the performance side of things, I hope that you found some inspiration from this. If you're just look, looking at it as a general business, informative podcast, I think it was a great episode there too. Lots of nuggets. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when the new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, share your story, your business model, what inspires you to change the world, click the link in the description. Someone from the team will get in touch with you. We'll get you on ASAP. To everybody out there, Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Greg Martin. Greg, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, not a problem. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will go ahead and get right into this. So first off, what is the name of your uh, locations and where are you guys located at? Yeah, I uh, own two Anytime Fitnesses. Uh, they are located in North Spokane, and I have another one in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Okay, all right, awesome. And I'll, I always like to um, kind of get a, a little background of, of all the gym owners that we have on here. So what is it that made you decide to, um, you know, be in, the, be in this space and, you know, be about that gym owner life? Yeah, so um, I am prior active duty Air Force. And uh, in 2014, I kind of got uh, kind of got the axe, got laid off in some manpower cuts, and I started realizing that if the you know if the military can can cut a person and you know just get rid of the pension there, like uh, then I really can't rely on any other job to be able to do that. So I thought I might probably go into business for myself was probably the best way for me. Um, and I started looking at some franchises and my buddy kind of mentioned, Hey, you should, you know, open up a subway. And I thought, ha ha ha. Yeah, it's funny. He said, that's kind of like a personal ATM. I said, that's funny, but, um, I really didn't want to be dealing with food and, um, you know, I didn't want employees that had to deal with food. It just kind of opened myself up to some liabilities that I didn't want to deal with and some extra regulations. So I'm like, well, what else could I do? And I remembered that one of my active duty friends, uh, bought an anytime fitness down in Texas and he started one up from scratch there and he was having a blast. And I was a member of anytime fitness at the time, despite okay. having, uh, you know, easy access on base, that place was always crowded, but right. you know, having a 24 hour access to a place that I didn't have to go into base for. And it was just right down the street was super great for me. Yeah. Um, and I realized, you know, I had a basement gym, but I just was not getting my workouts in. Yeah. Uh, when I'm home, I'm turned off, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I get so, that. I get that. So what, what appealed to me about anytime fitness 
was the fact that the members can come and go as they please. I didn't have to be chained down to the desk. If, I, if there was gonna be a little bit of flexibility, I thought that that franchise gave me the most flexibility that I could hope for. Um, Subway, mm -hmm. I'd be behind the, behind the counter making sandwiches, you know, and, and yeah. those kind of franchises. Like I wanted, I wanted a little bit of flexibility when I ran my business. Yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, yeah, you didn't want to go from that to being a like a sandwich artist, right, or whatever. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. And um, yeah, yeah. That's 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 a cool thing. And you know, I've talked to a, a few other Anytime Fitnesses um, on the podcast, and that is that is a cool thing. You know, the um, the twenty four hour model is definitely, and you know, with the key card access, it's definitely convenient for people. So um, yeah, it, it's one of those deals where you know, sometimes it's nice to have like a turnkey operation to come into like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it did take away a little bit of the anxiety of trying to figure it all out yourself because yeah. those can be some expensive lessons. That's why, you know, it made sense to, for me to go with a franchise because, you know, military, they don't really care that much about spending, uh, right. especially at end of year. And, yeah. um, and you're not really worried about bottom line, but when you go into business, those matters are always on top of your mind. Yes. So uh, it made it a lot less stressful to go into a franchise model that was already established. They had probably 12 or 13 years track record of franchisees. They were rated number one for X number of years when I started in the business. So I felt pretty comfortable going into that model. And when I went there to train uh, for new, franchi new franchisee training, um, it really helped me rally around the brand and I was really able to gain a lot more confidence in how I was approaching the business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's a good point you make. Um, you know, I, I started my gym in 2015 and definitely, uh, from scratch, you know, learned some very expensive lessons and, you know, of course there's ways to combat that, you know, there's business coaching and stuff like that, but whenever you first start something like you don't know who's good or who isn't, or, you know, so, I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, sometimes it's good to go with something that, you know, already has some like things in place. And if you wanted to make changes later on, you know, get your feet wet a little bit. Right. And then, you know, start doing other things if you wanted to do that, or if it was, you know, running smooth and you have, you know, you don't have to do much at all. So with your gyms, um, so which one came first, which, uh, which gym did you have first? First, I bought the existing location in North Spokane, Washington. Okay. So that one had been established for about seven years, and I took it over from the previous owner. Okay. All right. Now, was that something that you just contacted the owner or did the franchise or the corporate, did they kind of help you out with that, like finding one for sale or how'd that come about? Well, actually, what happened was I bought a territory first, mm -hmm. and I came out here to scout locations for the territory. Um, and while I was out here, I decided to hit up all the local anytimes and, uh, and discuss them. Hey, you know, I'm going to be setting up over here. And, um, I, you know, I just wanted to see how you guys are pricing so I can run my numbers better, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I hit about four of the local gyms. The last one I went to, the manager was actually leaving for the day and, uh, you know, the door was locked at the time, but he, he was walking out and then he came back and said, Oh, you know, let me, let me bring inside. And I said, introduce myself, tell him what I was there for. He's like, well, you know, the previous, the current owner is looking to sell this one. I said, okay, well, uh, let me get his contact information. We'll have a conversation. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so essentially 
when, I mean, that came about, so that kind of saved you in the beginning, right? Like you didn't have to, you know, do anything from scratch or start your own right away. Yes and no. Um, it was great to get my feet wet, but I did take over a gym that was not doing great. Okay. okay. Probably why I got it at a, a reasonable price. Yeah. Um, but because of that, there were some established intricacies of the area that I just wasn't aware of because I was new to this area. I moved, I'm a East coaster and I came out here. So okay. doing the scouting, that was my first time ever in the city. So okay. I didn't really know the little clicks and nuances of this town. Yeah. Um, so that still kind of got me by surprise a little bit. And you, you have to learn these things eventually Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. unless you live there. Like, right. so that, that threw me off a little bit. Um, but I liked getting my feet wet. The problem was that the gym was a little worse off than I think the previous owner led on to. Okay. Um, okay. And once we cleaned out the books and really did a full audit of our membership, there were some tricky plays in there, I would say, on the books. I get that. I get once that. we clear that out, it kind of painted a really different picture of how the gym was health-wise. Yeah. And so, I mean, it is what it is. I was in a hole. I was in a pretty big hole when I first took it over that mm -hmm. I didn't really realize was going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, we dug ourselves out and I mean, it's all, it's all part of the process now. Yeah. Little did I know that would really kick me back a few years trying to get financing because the, the, the banks were really looking at that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. Because my friend in Texas said, Oh yeah. You know, once, once you're, you got cash flow, the, uh, the banks will lend you money for the next one. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's not really the way it is up here. Yeah. You know, maybe in Texas that is right. but up here. It was not that case. So it, it, it did push me back a few years on my timeline to get the second one going. And yeah. Was, and I guess, you know, yeah, I get that. And so I guess, well, your, your first thing was, you know, getting that, you know, positive cash flow in the first yep. place. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now with the second location. So did you, did you build this one out? Um, I did. Completely? Okay. All right. Yeah. And so I'm sure is, so is that one your baby, the new one? It's kind of like my crown jewel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you took everything that was wrong with the first one, right? And then, you know, implemented new things into the the new one. Is that kind of the way it went? Yes. So yeah. I really thought a lot more about the design and what features I wanted to make sure that I had in that gym. And okay. it's very easy after three or four years to tailor the equipment you think you'll need. Yep. And for the most part, I think we got it pretty spot on for that location. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty happy with it. There's a couple of like random people that'll say, oh, you need this machine or that machine. And I'm like, you can do the same exercises over here on the turf, yeah. right? Like you don't need a machine for that. Exactly. Yeah. But some people are just kind of stuck in their ways and they're not going to do the exercise otherwise. So yeah, that's true. That's true. It doesn't mean I'm just going to run out and buy a piece of machine, you know? Well, I mean, why not? You know, I mean, you're, you're a business owner, you're rich, right? I mean, that, that's oh, yeah. how it always works <laughs> yeah. out. So yeah. 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 That's what everyone wants to believe. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't need to pay this guy. I mean, you know, he's got, you know, thousands of people here paying what I pay. I mean, that's the thing. Like all, like a lot of my members that it was the same way, you know, they were, they see memberships, they see money coming in. They, they have no idea, like the investment, they have no idea overhead, anything like that. Yeah. My build out. Cause I took a really old building. It was a 1950s structure. Okay. And my build out went 60% over budget. Yeah. That's it usually how ridiculous. that happens. All the plumbing and electrical had to be replaced and upgraded. Yeah, you know all the ceiling. I I opened up the ceiling, but I needed now new insulation. Yeah, so it, yeah. it was 
it was a little bit more than I really expected for build out cost. Yeah. So, and my landlord, because the rent was going to stay low, my landlord did not kick in hardly anything for build out, maybe like $12,000 for build out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nothing in the grand scheme of things. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what are um, like for what's the square footages of, of uh, both locations? They're almost 4,800. Both of them are one is 4,800. Exactly. The other is 4736. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah. So, so pretty close there together. Um, is that, is that kind of what you were looking for? Is that the, the size that you wanted from the get go? I would have preferred a little bit more. I was hoping for 5,500 to 6,000. Yeah. I think for anytime fitness is the, the full size, not express ones. Mm -hmm. Um, I think 5,500 to 6,000 is a really sweet spot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, as far as, so I know that you guys offer like the, the open gym memberships, you know, things like that. Uh, what other services do you guys offer at the locations? So in North Spokane, it came with a tanning bed. So we still have that available. Mm -hmm. um, and conversely, because I wanted to get away from tanning, I have a hydro massage bed in the Coeur d'Alene location, okay. which has been pretty favorable from a lot of people. Yeah. Um, they, there's good feedback on that. Um, we do offer personal training services. Um, and for a while in North Spokane, I had uh, group classes uh, that it was the participation was low. I was offering 23 classes a week for free. And that participation was kind of low. You know, yeah. I couldn't get my members excited about it for the, in that location for some reason. Yeah. And I think it was just because for many, many years, they didn't have any classes. So maybe some of it, they just didn't fit in their schedule, but I tried taking polls. I think people are just content working out on their own up there for some mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. Um, they, it's harder to get the community feel there, mm -hmm. which is really what, what really matters. Yeah. Um, but in Coeur d'Alene, we have a, we just got a new trainer. She is awesome with classes. We just had a class last night. Um, and you know, this is like the second class she's had and there were nine people that showed up, which for, for having nothing to go to nine was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now what, um, so you do, you do personal training. How many trainers do you have at each location? In North Spokane, we have three trainers. They're all part-time, so we don't have a full-time trainer right now. In Coeur d'Alene, I have the one trainer that we just got on. It's been really hard market. I only take certified trainers, and I, I hope they have a little bit of experience. And when I say certified, I kind of steer away from ISSA unless mm -hmm. they have uh, a lot of experience to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And it's just my personal comfort level. You know, uh, I want, I want to know that, that they are actually like taking a proctored exam. It's not all online. You know, there's, there's some benefits to some of the other programs in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, they'll really need to stand out with the experience uh, if they have that, that certification, but NASM is great. ACE, ACCE. I like all those certifications um, just as much. Um, yeah. And so, so the market, we, we had a couple of trainers there for a while, but sometimes trainers are content with sitting back and letting you do all the sales work. Yeah. They're not, they're not tenacious. And if yeah. that's the case, they're not going to build a book of business and they're not going to last long. And yeah. that's kind of the case we had with our first three trainers in Coeur d'Alene. Mm -hmm. So Coeur d'Alene, unfortunately, they have a few big gyms that suck up all the trainers. Okay. Okay. Uh, and a couple of other personal training studios. So it's been a little hard to get uh, 
some experience there. But I think it's coming around though. Lately, there have been more people kind of like knocking at our door, um, mm -hmm. asking what's going on. Like, if, is there opportunities? Gotcha. Now, how long is the quarter lane? How long has that been in business now? That one opened in March of 19. Okay, March of 19. All right. So, so you really, I mean, you guys only had like a full year right before the pandemic and everything hit. Exactly. The, we shut down like the week before our one year anniversary. Okay. All right. All right. Got it. And how long were you guys shut down? That location only a month and a half in Coeur okay. Yeah. In Spokane, we were shut down nine months. Nine months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So nine months there. Yeah. So, and that's the same with us. Like I'm, I have a gym in Tennessee, so we shut down. Um, it was like six to seven weeks. And that's one thing, like when I get on the podcast, when I hear people that have shut down for nine months or 10 months, you know, cause usually I like, I'm like, huh, you know, like I, I really don't want to tell them how long I was shut down. You know what I mean? Because they're just <laughs> like, Oh, Oh yeah. You had it so bad. Right. Like, you know, we were shut down for, almost a year or whatever but um yeah so now after you guys were able to open back up um what what was it like rebuilding everything after that uh, well there's still a lot, a lot of hesitancy in the uh in the you know the the customer base right so and we still we still get complaints that oh you don't have enough uh sanitizing stations like we got like five around the gym. How many do you need for 4,800 square feet when yeah. there's two other people in the gym at the same time? Like, yeah, I think you just don't want to walk over there. There's nothing wrong with our location, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. And people want to find reasons to complain and they, they used COVID and for a while, a Washington state made the mandate of people can quit the gym for any reason because of COVID. It doesn't matter if they're still in their agreement or if they're out of it or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, they, they made that law that you have to let them out of it. So that, that didn't help matters, but luckily, you know, only a few people really brought that to our attention yeah. to press the issue. A lot of people yeah. we were able to freeze, but I still lost about 25% of my membership when we shut down. Okay. okay. Now, granted, I never billed anybody, although they, they wanted to claim that I was, I said, no, look again, I did not bill you while we were shut down. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had to pay rent every month, but right. I never killed anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. That's, um, that's one of those things, you know, and, and aside from COVID, you know, we, we do find that, you know, and, and you know, this now that, you know, people, people are always looking for, for some kind of reason, right. To get out of, to get out of their obligations or whatever. And, and usually, you know, it, it's good to have those people just go ahead and go, you mm -hmm. know, because it, you know, it can bring down your culture and everything. And you really want people in there that actually want to be there, right? Yeah, I, I would love to see more people actually trying to attain a goal. You know, we do get a lot of people that just want to maintain or they're bored or they find it as a stress reliever. And yeah. that's great. You know, yeah. I, I'll happily be their refuge. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. Um, I would love to see people motivated when they come in. But, you know, I, the biggest, most important thing is to see them you know, happy and energized when they leave. Yeah. You know? I mean, if, if you can do that or at least have a smile, a thank you, a handshake, whatever, then I think we've served our purpose and we're doing just fine. Yeah, uh, for sure. Now, when it comes to, um, you know, people setting their goals and stuff like that, do you guys have any programs in place like to be able to track that or to offer them something, you know, to like a, 
a challenge or, or some kind of anything like that that can help them to get somewhere? Um, we've tried challenges in the past, but some of those cases, it relies on a trainer to really mm -hmm. take the program and run with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, we just haven't had the initiative in our employees to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so there'd be minimal participation and it, it, the intent was just not met. So COVID, I think, allows a nice little reset for things. Yes, yeah. So I brought on like all my trainers, except for two left after, mm -hmm. during COVID, you yeah. know, and, uh, and all my employees. So I basically had a whole, I have a whole new staff. We can set the tone and the, the three people I've brought on since I think really are doing a great job setting a new tone to that, that gym. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. That's Spokane. Uh, my parents were running Coeur d'Alene the whole time. Okay. And, um, you know, they, they're doing a great job getting everything going. Um, now we just need to take the next step to bring the energy and the classes and the real coaching guidance there. And yeah. our new trainer is going to be able to do that in spades. And we've got another, another staff member who's, who's learning the ropes now. And I think he's got a really great attitude, a good head on his shoulders you know, I, I think the Titanic's turned around and we're heading the right direction. So I'm yeah. really, I'm really excited to see what the next few months are going to be come January and February when we yeah. really start seeing a rush. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's one thing too, like, you know, when it, when it comes to finding talent, it, it can be tough. Uh, one thing that I've done successfully as well as other gym owners is, you know, finding someone within the club, you know, to, you know, that, that can take one of those positions and, typically someone like that has already bought into the culture, right? If they were a paying member first. So that's always a good place to look, you know, especially, you know, with this new trainer coming in, kind of setting the tone, you know, and maybe providing a little bit of hope, like, Hey, this is going to turn around, you know, we're going in a new direction. You know, I could see that helping you guys out too. Absolutely. Yeah. We've, we hear from a lot of, uh, on the owners forums, a lot of owners are saying how, you know, look inside the club. Um, that's where you'll find your energy. Yeah, uh, we, we haven't struck gold like that. We've tried a few. It didn't really pan, pan out for us. Not to say that it will never happen that way. Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if they are into the culture and if they understand the business model and what you have to offer, mm -hmm. then absolutely. Yes, I, yeah. I'm always on the eye out for keeping my eye out for people like that. Yeah, for sure. So as far as like practices, like when a new member comes in, um, what do you guys do like to get them in front of your trainers or, um, you know, show them other services that you do offer? So when, when they come in and this will be, uh, referencing the core lane location, okay. um, we want to, we want to, if the trainer's there, then absolutely make that intro that minute. Um, cause right now, you know, we, we do afford some floor hours so that they can get to know people and, and, you know, maybe give some tips here and there. Right. Um, but the Evolt is uh, the body scanner, body composition machine is going to be our main kind of uh, avenue that we use. Hey, let's get a starting baseline of where you're at now. And um, and we'll get you, you know, let's get you a 30 day plan here and we can come up with some basics mm -hmm. guidelines, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, we do offer two free sessions when they get started. One is the mainly the orientation and then one is a one-on-one -on -one session. If they want both one-on-one -on -one sessions, like, yeah, I know that machine, just give me a session. Then sure, we can right. give them two sessions, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like when you, when you get someone on that scanner, that can, um, that can break a lot of beliefs, right? Like that, 
I mean, there's nothing, I mean, data doesn't lie. Like people can think that they're, you know, this, or that think that they're that, but when you get them on a machine like that, you know, the evil or, you know, there's in bodies, things like that. Um, it really, uh, really kind of paints a picture for them, you know, and it's a reality check for a lot of people. Yeah. And what we'll be doing is we'll get the, the member to hook up with a trainer and be like, look, try this program for one month. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the next month, we'll give you another scan and we'll see how you're faring. Now, of course, hopefully this member will have a little bit of discipline because you can't just come to the gym a few times a week and expect miracles to happen when you're right. trashing your body at home. Right. You know, there's got to be a little bit of discipline on the member's part. But, you know, you follow our guidelines and you'll see a noticeable change in your metrics here. And yeah. like you said, data doesn't lie. Let's prove it. Yeah. Exactly. Now, and, and one of the other things that, um, you know, gym owners typically run into is, okay, so you have someone that can do this free assessment, or in your case, like the two sessions. So getting people to agree to that is one thing, right, but getting them to show up is another thing. So what's been your experience with that? You're right, there are a lot of flakes out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is yeah. hard. So maybe they won't make the first appointment. Hopefully, they'll come in by the third. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if, even if that's not the case, you know, we, we give all the information to the trainer mm -hmm. and say, Hey, you know, it's your job to follow up with them. And I don't want to pester people, Yeah, but you yeah, know, yeah. you came to the gym for a reason mm -hmm. and we, we got to try and kind of get to the root cause. What is their main goal here? Right. And, you know, keep, keep bringing that up as, you know, I see that you wanted to do this you know, what actions are you taking to achieve that goal? Yeah. And if, if the, if the answer is like nothing, then clearly yeah. you're not on the path to achieve your goal. So let's get you in here and set you up with a plan that could really make a difference for your life. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. And yeah, it's good. Like there's a fine line there, right? Like, you know, not pestering people, but then at the same time showing them you care, you know? So I think that that's one thing, you know, that we, we have to be careful with. But if you, if you pester people, you know, there's a good chance that they're just going to avoid you and maybe even cancel a membership. But then some people just need that little extra nudge. Maybe they really wanted to come in and they just, you know, got scared at the last second or something, you know, and it, it takes a few more times to get them back, you know? So it's uh yeah, it's definitely a fine line right there um, to get people to show up that that's common across the whole industry right now. Yeah. And people have different sensitivity levels, right? So sure. subconsciously, they know they might not be coming in as much as they should. But yeah. when my mom's over there, she sees someone come in and uh, she says, oh, hey, whoever, Janice, great to see you. It's been a little while. Awesome. Thanks for, you know, it's good to see you. That lady says she's being harassed and being guilt tripped into not coming in enough. Like, that's yeah. not at all what happened. But yeah. people have different those different sensitivities and you know deep down she maybe knows that she needs to come in more and she just took it as we're harassing her like that's not the case at all yeah yeah i mean yeah you're not like showing up at their houses or anything right be like hey no. where you, where <laughs> right. you been? yeah no like yeah. we're we're in the office we're not even leaving the office to say hi we're just waving at you and saying hi yeah yeah then you don't say hi and it's like well they're they're rude over there like they don't yeah. even acknowledge us you know what, what a b <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. And, and it's funny. And, you know, that, that's the thing that if, if I realized anything from doing the podcast, I mean, I've talked to people, you know, I mean, all around the, all around the U S Canada, 
you know, you name it, like people, people are the same everywhere. You know, they're like people, you know, as far as, you know, that situation right there. Um, another one, you know, no matter where you're at in the world, people, you know, some people just will not rack their weights. Right. So that's another one. And uh, yeah, it's just funny, like just seeing how everything, you know, turns out that way. And you'll always have people that have their earbuds in and they, they, they're just focused on their workout in and out. You don't even yep. have a chance to say hi because yep. they're moving so fast in and out. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So what is, um, what's been your experience? Like, do you, do you train at both locations or do you, do you work out at, at it, either one of them or do you split your time there or what? I tend to split my time, but honestly, I don't get a lot of time to work out myself. Yep. So, you know, I'm, I'm also a full-time national guard, air national guard. Okay. And so I work full-time on, uh, on the base Fairchild air force base here. So mm -hmm. when I work out, it's usually like either right before or right after work. And yeah. I just use the gym base, mm -hmm. um, on the weekends or, or Mondays. Cause we have Mondays off cause we do four tens, yeah. but I'll go to one of the gyms. If I'm lucky, I can, uh, I can get a workout in, but usually it's like, either doing some maintenance on a machine or something, or, or maybe something needs some real deep cleaning or organization, or maybe we're setting up for the next holiday and we've got to get decorations up or those kind of things, things that yeah. I don't necessarily want my staff to have to do because mm -hmm. it's a time suck. Mm -hmm. I would rather have them calling prospects than yeah. doing that kind of nitinoid decoration or, or the, the chalkboard art. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so that's kind of what I do. I'll, I'll split my time there but I, I don't really, I can't get a focused workout at one of my gyms because either the members come up and say hi and they know me and we have a 20 minute conversation. Yeah. And I've heard that across the board with a lot of anytime owners as well. So yeah. and that's, if I get a yeah. workout there, it's gotta be off hours. <laughs> right. I mean, but, but you're a gym owner, right? Like you, you can right. work out any, anytime you want. Yeah. I should yeah. be super buff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well that, and that's how it is here. Like, um, you know, and, and people don't really understand that until you're in the situation. So there, there's only a couple of times in my gym that I could work out um, like 1.30 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. You know, there's usually not a soul in here. And that's a really good time for me. But other than that, like, you know, I'm that guy that's darting around with headphones on. And sometimes, to be honest, I don't even have music on. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you wave at someone like, you know, fake like you have the music just so you can like sometimes. It, I mean, it could take me 45 minutes to even get to the bathroom. You know, I mean, I know you know how that is. Oh, yeah. 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 If you get if you get prospect after prospect coming in and you're like, man, I really need to fill up the paper towels or, you know, plunge a toilet. But I got <laughs> prospects here. I got to pay attention to the prospects. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and that's another thing across the board that that's pretty much how it is, which is why, um, you know, I have a home gym, too. And, you know, that that's where I can get in some of the best workouts. But, you know, even at that, you know, you, you have the well, why is your gym? Okay. Because you're working out at home. Are you guys closing down? And it's like, no, we're no, we're not. Like, I just want to, I just need a little bit of time here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now what you do you guys get those people that ambush you in your office Yeah. and they'll just stand in the doorway and they can't, they won't let you leave. Yeah. Yep. That, yeah, that happens all the time too. Now what, um, like as far as like advertising, you know, lead generation, what are you guys doing for that right now? So we're, we're looking into campaigns, obviously, to take capitalize on the beginning of the year. Yep. Um, there have been plenty of things that I've tried that we really didn't get any traction on. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be looking at uh, some Instagram 
uh, ads and some yeah. other online media ads, the Facebook changer algorithm. So it's a little harder for me to comprehend how to get one of those ads to, to go through. I haven't yeah. had a whole lot of time to focus on that. Um, but I do want to do a mailer at the beginning of this coming year mm -hmm. uh, and time it so that people know that we are their resource locally. Yeah. Just do like 5,000 homes within a mile or two, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and you're right. Like, that's the thing. Like, Facebook changes the algorithms a lot. Um, you know, Instagram, you know, Instagram has a different way of marketing. You know, it, it's more of a visual thing. You know, you can really, like, our big success on Instagram has always been Instagram stories. Yep. And, um, you know, it's the same with Facebook, too. But um, a really, a really hot one right now is TikTok. You know, the, the TikTok ads are, you know, are pretty insane. It goes back to like, you know, Facebook ads were a few years ago as far as like return on investment, things like that. So that's that's definitely something to look into as well. You know, because TikTok's huge right now. Yeah, but you know, when polling my members, there aren't too many in my in my experience that come in and say, Yeah, I saw your your ad online. Now, mm -hmm. anytime fitness has big campaigns too, and we'll right. do a lot of online stuff. But yeah. honestly, a lot of people just know us by driving by. So mm -hmm. I think if I also increase my number of flags and banners out by the road, that will be a big help as well in, in my particular instance here. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I've always been, you know, huge on having multiple avenues like that. You know, like if you can, if you think of it like, you know, different ponds that you fish in, right? Yep. So you can think of, okay, well, I have this pond over here for referrals. This pond over here is for drive-bys. This one over here is, you know, my, you know, targeted ads or, or, you know, or what have you, you know, this one over here is my earned media, you know, so, so that's the thing, as long as you have, you know, a bunch of different poles in the water that, um, you know, you're always going to have consistent sources, you know, and it's definitely good to track those, but you're right. Um, you know, some people do the online thing, other people, you know, have their, have your drive-bys and uh, I think there's a place for all of them, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you get a member from one source or another, you know, it's, it's still a new member, you know, it's, I don't really, at the end of the day, I don't care how they found us just so yeah. long that they found us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we are, we're getting towards the end of our time here on the podcast. So uh, one thing I always like to ask people um, at the end, and this can be like, you can break this down for, you know, both gyms or you can go individually, whatever feels the best, but in a year from now, what does growth look like for you guys? Uh, in a year from now, I want to see my attrition drop by about 10% at both locations. We're sitting in the, in the forties at both locations. So I'd love to see it drop by 10%. Okay. And my overall membership, I'd really like to increase by, we'll say 30% at both okay. locations. Gotcha. And that'll keep me firmly out of what I lost from COVID. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Now yeah. the attrition, um, would that be, you think that's contributed to, to COVID or is that just something that's been an ongoing problem for you? It's, it's ongoing. Um, you're always going to have people leave right. uh, at, at the end of the day. I want them to leave with the best experience possible. Sure. Um, and, and leave the door open for them to come back, but yeah. it's the actions, you know, training the staff. It's the actions of leading up to that, to, to prevent them from leaving at all and yeah. keeping them engaged and keeping them interested and motivated. There really is the bread and butter in that, in, in nipping that tiger by the tail. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, Greg, man, I had a, I had a great time with you down the podcast. Um, good job on your first podcast. 
hopefully it was uh, some value for you and that you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks, Ryan. Absolutely. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are aired. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Mercedes from Mixtape Athletics in downtown Los Angeles. How are you doing today? Hi, Dominic. I'm doing good. Just here at the gym, you know, looking for new ways to promote. That's the number one thing for us being brand new. Where can I throw my name out there and get people to notice us? (laughs) Absolutely. Gym owner life, no matter how long you're doing it, that middle of the day span is always the time when you get stuff done. I'm glad you took a little bit out from us or for us from your day. Tell us about Mixtape, your brand new gym there in downtown. Tell us about it, what you're doing, what your spin on things is, if you will. Absolutely. Yes, we are Mixtape Athletics. We are a CrossFit and cardio boxing gym. Um, CrossFit is, I'm biased. That's my love, my passion. I've been in the sport for a few years now. I've been coaching for a few years, and um, that was really what I wanted to do with my life. I found out during the pandemic that I, you know, really didn't enjoy what I was doing in my nine to five uh, as much as I used to. And this was all I could think about like, okay, cool. Let's get through the workday so I can go, you know, coach so I can go do a wad. And um, that's, that's basically what we decided to do. So now we are a CrossFit affiliate. Of course, uh, we really stand behind the ethos and the, um, you know, the, the workout theory behind it. And, um, we love it. My boyfriend and I are, are both heavy CrossFit freaks. So, um, naturally we thought when we wanted to open a business together, that there was no other way other than CrossFit. Um, boxing is also something that's like close to our heart, given that our last gym that we were both very, very, very active with, I coached and personal trained there for, um, a couple of years. Uh, we had a boxing side at that gym that they said was, you know, very, very fruitful. So uh, we will be working together to bring that boxing side to mixtape as well. Uh, we will also be offering yoga, some hit classes, things like a booty camp, muscle beach style workout, something not for time, <laughs> to kind of a palate cleanser for our athletes. 
um, as well as um, yoga and trying to keep it all in the family. All of my very close friends are the people that are going to be joining our coaching staff. My best friend is um, got her yoga certification. She's coming in as our yoga instructor. One of my other best friends is coming in as our foundations uh, coach to specifically bring in those new athletes um, and get them, you know, trained up and onboarded so they can jump in class with the rest of our athletes. But yeah, that's that's basically what we're doing down here in downtown LA. There's only a couple other gyms as far as CrossFit goes. So it's actually a really great opportunity for us to kind of fill a small void. And unfortunately, you know, some gyms didn't make it through the pandemic, which it sucks. That's that's awful. And then, you know, we kind of need to revitalize this area and give the athletes you know, what they've been missing. They're like, oh, my gym closed. Where can I go now? And I'm really trying to fill that void in this community, um, in the arts district specifically. So excited, very excited. Awesome. Awesome. So you're, you're in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, both you and Jason have remote jobs. So you spend a lot of time probably working from home, talking about all the things that you want to do or you like and you don't like, but you also love CrossFit. So you're just like, hey, there's this big old building, 5,000 square feet for lease. And if we're going to do a business, it might as well be something we love. Let's go start a CrossFit gym. And once we start it, we'll just get a couple hundred people and, and that'll be it. A couple hundred, hundred best friends and tell them to come on in. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's really what it was. It's, um, Jason and I have always really shared a fitness passion. Um, our first date was actually at a rock climbing gym. Um, I was like, oh, this guy's cute, cool. Oh, you rock climb? Oh, I kind of rock climb, like, let's go. So um, we've always been very fitness oriented. Like that's kind of um, uh, uh, the, I hate to say, like my biggest priority in a partner <laughs> is that they're as crazy about fitness as I am. And he had never done CrossFit when we got together. And you know what it is. You just kind of have to get him to drink the Kool-Aid first and then, you know, CrossFitter for life. And now here we are. Yeah. A few years later with a CrossFit gym. And um, yeah, it was definitely something we talked about at the very beginning of the pandemic. Like, oh, what if, you know, what if we had our own gym? Oh, well, I'd do it this way. Well, I'd do it that way. You know, we just kind of spitballed ideas and things that we would, you know, do differently from any other gyms that we had ever been to, because we've always um, been people that if we travel, we drop into a gym. People are like, you're on vacation, don't you rest? And we're like, eh, not, you know, this is, you know, it's part of our passion. It's something we like to do. We don't think of it like, oh, we're working out on vacation. We're like, oh, let's go check out, you know, the box in London. We actually went to, we went to London, dropped into a box, went to Spain, dropped into a box. So like, we try to go no matter where we're, we're traveling um, and just taking pointers from everywhere we've been, what we want to do, how we want to run our box, what we like, what we don't like. And it kind of just started as spitballing. It, you know, it was a pipe dream. And then as the pandemic went on, I was just like, you know, like, why not? Why not now? Like, let's do it. And then as we unfortunately saw a lot of gyms close their doors, like it's, you know, something that's just really heartbreaking for, you know, an industry that you're so passionate about. Like, this is where we want to spend our time, not where we have to. So to see other gyms not be able to make it, you know, and really like the gym that I was coaching at, like, you know, obviously I gave everything I had for them to stay open and they're still, they're still open. They're still going, they're thriving, they're crushing it. And I'm so happy that, you know, I could help them make it through. And then, um, you know, to go, you know what, it's time, like there's, 
you know, people out there who still want to be fit, people out there who want to better themselves. And I want to give them a place where they're comfortable and safe and they can come in here. I want it to be bigger than a gym. I want it to be somewhere that you don't necessarily just come to work out, like somewhere that you can come and be like, hey, I know you're here uh, for open gym during my lunch hour. So I'm just, you know, going to come in, hang out, work on some stuff. Let's chat, like just really provide a really welcoming space for people to feel safe, get strong, you know, get that CrossFit bug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're fresh, you're brand new, you know, as of the day we're recording, you've, you've been open for 20 days or so since September 1st, officially 2021. And I'm sure that there is going to be a certain amount of friends and family, um, referrals, things like that, people who are going to come in. But besides that, what else are you doing to get the word out and to get people coming in the doors so that in addition to just being passion, it can also, you know, be a self-sustaining entity, become profitable, grow to whatever you dream it to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, athlete acquisition is obviously our number one priority. Um, you know, it's definitely, uh, believe me, at the forefront of our brains every minute of every day. We hear the little chime for the nail and we're like, oh, let's see if it's an inquiry. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're doing a ton of social media marketing, a ton. Like um, we're trying to improve our, our, our SEOs. We're trying to get um, super targeted um, ads honestly, within, we're looking within three to five miles. Like again, we're in downtown LA. Um, there's a big saturation of gyms in this area. Um, even though we have slightly less now post pandemic or, you know, whatever part of the pandemic we're in at this point, um, there's still, you know, a lot of options. We really have to get our name out there and we want to make sure that we're catering to the people in this area specifically, because again, because there are so many choices, people aren't going to drive and go, okay, let me go to a box 10 miles away. It's just not, it's just not feasible with LA traffic. Everyone's got busy schedules. You need a box that's close to you. And we understand that location is, you know, that's a huge reason as to why you're going to your box. It not, it may not be because the coaches are great. It may not be because of the programming, which yes, those are all things that should be, you know, considered when choosing a box, but let's be realistic here. Honestly, people are looking for something that's close. So a lot of our, our ads are targeted within, again, three to five miles. Uh, we've also been contacting um, big apartment buildings in our area. That was a way that we were like, let's try this. So literally um, big apartments in the area, we've literally reached out to their um, HR and been like, hey, what if we provided your residence with a, you know, whatever that amount of discount may be, a 20% off, whatever, um, you know, to, to have them come to our gym, you know, send out your monthly wellness update, your monthly wellness email, you know, tell them, hey, you guys can go to this gym for a discount if you're a resident with us. Um, we're also trying to get in contact with the companies that are around us. Um, we have some big companies, obviously, in downtown LA. Um, so within probably just a couple blocks around us, we've been reaching out to different, again, HR wellness teams. Hey, how would you guys feel about a corporate discount? Um, so we're really, again, just trying to really hammer home location, location, location. We're going from um, apartments to businesses. And then we obviously do some like very much like grassroots canvassing of our neighborhood. Jason and I are out here 
I'm not joking, like a couple hours every Saturday. We go out, we get little postcards made with our, you know, um, information with our nice little, um, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart, what the code is called. Yes. Oh my God. My brain was like, what is that? Um, yes. Our QR code that sends you right to the portal for you to get a free class. Um, so we really, you know, go, Hey, Oh, you're interested. Hey, come take a free class. Yeah. Great. So we've been out at coffee shops, restaurants, retail, um, just handing out postcards, talking to other local business owners. We, you know, take an Instagram, Hey, check out this business. They re-Instagram our posts, talk about us. So we're kind of getting that, um, you know, good back and forth with other small business owners. Um, and then also just, Hey, I got a sandwich board on the corner. I'm like, not joking, just a sandwich board. Hey, mixtape athletics. We've got CrossFit. We've got boxing free class, early bird deals. I've already gotten three people to walk in just off the street and we've only had it out this week. Like, so literally, you know, the last couple of days. So, you know, foot traffic, put it in front of a coffee shop. I promise that'll help. <laughs> They'll just walk across and come check it out. So it's, it's very much locals only kind of feel as far as who we're trying to target. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's something that's sort of uniquely LA. I mean, it would apply to some of the other big cities too. But, you know, L.A., Southern California in general has the combination of huge population density and huge gym density. And whether it's CrossFit or off-label or something else, there is a lot. So the likelihood is if somebody doesn't work or live basically close enough that they could throw a rock at your front door, the odds of you seeing them are, are pretty slim other than the tourists, drop-ins, travelers, things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it's really, it's, it's in the trenches, the hand-to-hand guerrilla marketing, you know, just, just getting out there. So it sounds like, you know, you're putting in, you know, all of the time and effort that you can spare to just wave your hands at people going by, you know, <laughs> short of the inflatable tube man, you know, just like, Hey, oh, yeah. we're here. Come check us out. The next step is me getting one of those arrow signs and just learning how to spin it and do cool tricks on the corner. And then people will yeah. be like, oh, cool, what's that? You know, that's that's my last ditch effort, me and that arrow sign out on the corner. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> it, it sounds like you're willing to do whatever it takes. So you got to have that attitude starting out. You know, you got to you're building from the ground up and there's a certain amount of just just grinding that you have to do. So good to hear that you're not afraid of it that's for sure because it's it's real there's some ways you can fast forward it but you can't cheat it that's 100%. so when people come in what's your plan and what have you been doing for figuring out whether you're a good fit and if you are how you get people started is it a is it a sales process are you just kind of feeling things out just trying to do whatever you can to get people to start or is it have you really like laid down a foundation of these are the things we're going to try to do to figure out if someone's a good match? And then do you do any type of assessment? Are you figuring out where someone is with their fitness and then prescribing certain things based on them? What do you do once somebody does see you spinning the sign around outside and they're like, all right, tell me what I got to do. So um, we get a lot of people that just literally walk through the door like no joke they just walk in and we're like oh hi um so the first thing if we get an in-person you know inquiry 
uh, that's that's my bread and butter. I'm way better at getting people interested and excited in person. Um, I am a big talker, so they can't really get away from me that quickly. <laughs> but I find that <laughs> I'm like, sorry, captive audience. Um, but I find that, you know, once I start talking to them, I take them, I literally take them on a little tour. Jim, hey, this is the boxing area. Hey, we have like a little kitchenette. Help yourself to a cup of coffee. This is where everything happens. This is where the magic happens, you know, take them to the, to the rig, tell them about how many squat racks we have. So I'm pretty pumped about it. You know, just kind of show them the lay of the land. And I feel like once they kind of go in and they see everything and they, you know, I'm talking to them about if they have no CrossFit experience, I'm talking to them about what CrossFit is, why they might want to do it. I ask them what their goals are. Cause a lot of times, most of people, most of the people we get coming in are saying, Hey, I haven't left my couch in, you know, 18 months. I'm sitting on my butt. I've gained about 20 pounds. Like there's a lot of motivation there just to kind of work off that quarantine 15 or, you know, whatever that may be for them. Um, so it's kind of just saying, Hey, like, are you interested? Are you interested enough to come back for a free class? Uh, if they don't want to come in in a class environment, I offer them the um, opportunity of having a free baseline, which basically means it's just going to be me and them. It might be a little bit more comfortable for them instead if they're, they don't want to jump into a class with other people, you know, they might be intimidated by that. So I'm like, hey, you can always come back and you just be you and me. We'll talk about your fitness goals. Um, and when they typically do come back for that baseline, you know, I have them tell me about their life. Hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I work at a computer for, you know, 12 hours a day. Um, my hobbies are watching Netflix. You know, I kind of get a feel for their life. I want to know what they do for a living. I want to know what their hobbies and their passions are. I want to know, you know, any kind of health issues they may have. Do you have hypertension? Do you have osteoporosis? Do you have, you know, oh, I, you know, tore, I tore my MCL in football in high school, you know, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, because, you know, there's not really too big of a, an issue that we can't help. Like, that's the thing about CrossFit that's so amazing. And one of the things I love about it is the scalability. And I know we talk about it, we talk about it and talk about it. And some gyms are like, oh, can't do it, just don't do it. Um, you know, but I'm very much uh, stand behind the fact that I think CrossFit is for everyone. So regardless of what they may tell me, I have a mobility issue, I have a health issue. Okay, cool. Guess what? I can work with that. You know, um, I'm a CrossFit certified coach. I'm also a NASM certified personal trainer. So I have a little bit more background in regards to those specific demographics that may have more of a challenge working out. But again, we have a solution. So that baseline, after we've talked about what they want to do, how they want to do it, you know, I want fast fat loss. I want to look like JLo, um, whatever, whatever their goals may be. I'm like, you got it. Let's work on it. Um, so I basically take them through three assessments just to see how they move. Um, I take them through a squat assessment. Hey, can you sit down? Can you stand back up? Cool, great. Um, I take them through an overhead assessment. Can you put something over your head? Let's get this PVC. Let's see where those arms are. You know, oh, cool. They don't go right up next to your ears. That's cool. We can work on that. Um, and then last but not least, a deadlift. Like, hey, can you pick your groceries up? That's what I always say. I go, hey, Deadlifts are just preparing you to take all of your groceries in one trip. That's really what we want. That's functional fitness. So always one trip. <laughs> yeah, I'm like one trip. That's it. That's what I, that's, I always say that when I'm at the grocery store. I'm like, I don't need any help. I train for this. So only so I can take my groceries inside by myself. Yeah, it's great. They love that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I take them through those three things. 
Um, and then we kind of see, hey, you can do all of those, great. They're like, yeah, but my cardio is really bad. I'm like, that's okay. Like everybody's cardio is bad when you start. And then I take them through literally the CrossFit baseline workout, which is rowing, air squats, butterfly sit-ups, push-ups and pull-ups. Um, you know, and just kind of run them through, let them take it easy. We talk a little bit about strategy since those rep schemes are a little high. You're looking at, you know, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, as far as reps go, hey, I can't do, you know, I can't do 20 push-ups. Okay, well, we're gonna do them in a way that you can. And then that also helps to show them the scalability of CrossFit. Like, yeah, some of us can probably do the CrossFit baseline in like, you know, four minutes, something crazy, whatever. It's gonna take them 14 minutes, that's fine. We can show them that even though this workout in front of them looks daunting and it looks challenging. And some of them are like, I don't even think I can do that. Like this was literally, I had a, a girl a couple of weeks ago, one of our, the first girls we had come in and join us. And she was like, it took me eight minutes. Like I'm already dying. That was only eight minutes. And I'm like, yeah, it's the first day. Like we all have to start somewhere. But she was like, but to be fair, I didn't even think I could do this. So, you know, it shows them the scalability and it also shows them that they're capable, right? That they can do it. And that I'm here to help them through it no matter what their deficiencies may be, what matter, no matter what issues they may have, we can make it a workout that they can do and they can feel challenged, but then also completely like, holy cow, accomplished afterwards. I can't believe I did that. So, um, you know, and the same thing, if they come in for a free class, if they are gung ho and they just want to take the class and they're going to come in, obviously I'm going to have to scale things. You don't know how to do a snatch on your first day. If you did, I'm like, you don't belong here. Get out. You're a superhero. <laughs> um, but you know, if they do come in for a class, it's kind of the same thing. I scale it to something that is completely manageable for them on the first day they walk through our doors. And, you know, I may scale those reps. Um, I may scale the movements, but I still want to make sure that they're moving and they're getting the stimulus, like the intended stimulus of the workout so that they understand what they're going to get when they come back. Um, but it's basically just, again, it's a lot of just, yes, we got to make sure you can sit down, stand up. We got to make sure you put your arms over your head, but pass that into any varying degree. Obviously, you know, some people are, are have challenges in all of those areas, but I'm going to make sure that there is some way that I can get you through this workout. You know, well, if you can't do push-ups, that's fine. We're, we're going to do floor presses with five pound dumbbells. Like no big deal. Like scaling, you got to start somewhere. And I think that everyone that comes in and says, I can't do CrossFit. I'm like, yes, you can. My dad, I can't do CrossFit. I'm old. I'm like, dad, shut up. You can do it. Come on, come over here. Let me show you you know, put a kettlebell in my mom's hands. She's like, oh my gosh, I can do this. You know, it's accessible for everyone. And I want everyone to feel and see that accessibility day they walk through these doors. I can show them, explain it to them, have them get a workout. As soon as they get in here and I can get them through a baseline or I can get them through their first class, like, honestly, like that's kind of hook, line and sinker for me. It's just the hard part is getting them through the door. The hard part isn't converting them from a free class to a member. That part I feel is a lot easier, again, in, in showing them how, how you're gonna get them through that workout and making them feel accomplished and, and showing them what their bodies can do. Once they realize you're kind of like unlocking that door going, oh my gosh, like look at all of the opportunities I have ahead of me, like all the cool stuff my body can do. And once they feel confident, like that's pretty much it. Like you gotta get them feeling confident and understanding that they can do it. And after that, they're good, you know? So it's just get them in the door and you're good. You just gotta get them to the door. That's the harder part, getting them to the door. Yeah, yeah. It, it sure can be, but it sounds like 
you know, the whole, the, the general feeling that I'm getting is all of your passion and belief in CrossFit, in the methodology and in your ability, yours, you know, Jason's, your team, whoever you bring on to withhold that really to the, you know, dotting the I, crossing the T to the standard of we are going to make this accessible for anyone who walks through our doors, anyone who wants to get from point Y to point Z or wherever we're going to show them how to do it using this methodology that we believe in. And if we feel like we're a good match, once they come in, you know, your, your enthusiasm and your belief is really going to be the thing that kind of sends it over the top of once they're there, they're, they're not going to get away from you. You're going to believe in them so much that they're going to believe in themselves. And then you're going to build your foundation on that and scale it from there. Yeah, that's actually that's actually spot on, to be honest. That sounds exactly right. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I mean, that is really strong feeling that I was getting there. So I know you don't have a lot of experience with how it's going to go yet. Um, so that's all really going to be based on, you know, I feel like you do have a strong belief in what you're going to do and you're already showing you're not afraid to put the work in. So whatever you think you're going to get out of it, whatever you want, is probably going to come to you. It's just going to be a matter of how and when. So what are your, your long-term goals? Do you have a vision board? Do you have goals set? This is where we want to be, you know, in three months, six months, a year. What, it, what type of things are you setting for yourself for milestones? Because you're a CrossFitter, right? You, as an athlete, you track everything, you know, what you're going for, you know, you know, I want my benchmark workouts to be here. So it's going to carry over a little bit. So what things are you shooting for and on what type of timeline? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's definitely, what is it? The measurable, repeatable. And observable. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. It sounds very familiar. Um, yeah, does, I mean, right? <laughs> That's why CrossFit gym owners eventually, when things come together and all click, make amazing gym owners. And it's not just CrossFit gym owners, but that's part of the mantra going in because so many are athletes first that they're drilled into their head that once the fitness business business knowledge is layered on top of that, they're like, oh, okay, right. We're doing this. Yeah. Let me get my friend, my business friend time down. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, we're, we're, we haven't really given ourselves benchmarks as far as like, I want a hundred members in six months. Um, I mean, that would be great. Sure. Ideally. Sure. Actually. Why not? Um, but something, not, not something as, um, what's the word exact as that. I think we have ideas mm -hmm. of things that we want to do within the next year. Um, and that's kind of what we're looking at. I mean, obviously like we, we want to survive number one, we want to sure. keep our doors open. We want to keep getting through people through these doors, new athletes. Um, that's obviously, you know, priority number one. Uh, we want to obviously acquire as many as we can from around this neighborhood. Um, we have ideas to start lifting clubs for different demographics. I've been already so excited at the thought of having a women's lifting club, um, especially in this LA area. You have so many, so many people and just kind of using it as a networking event as, as well as, you know, a fitness event, you know, bringing awesome badass women that lift a ton of weight all together and you know do it as a, on a monthly basis um 
our coach Cole, who is handling all of our foundations, uh, would like to start a, a queer lifting club and kind of get out there in the queer community and really, um, you know, again, show the accessibility of this sport that hasn't necessarily been the most, you know, we're, we, we, we all know, we all know that CrossFit hasn't necessarily been the most um, widely diverse inclusive. sport. Yeah, inclusive, exactly. And yeah. that's something that, that we really want to get out there and show that, especially both, you know, the women, the women's community and the queer community are, are two that need safe spaces to lift in, you know, and that's something that we really want to do. Um, we really want to do outreach to both of those communities. Um, Jason would also like to start on Sundays doing like um, an underprivileged youth um, outreach program as well. So we're kind of thinking in that respect, as far as like our growth goes, like, yeah, we want athletes and we want to, you know, make our numbers. We want to start being profitable, but at the same time, we also want to get out into the community to kind of underserve demos and, and bring this sport to people who maybe wouldn't normally get the chance to do it or don't feel comfortable, don't feel safe to do it and, and really, you know, get that out there in, in every way, shape and form we can bring more people in and just get that, get the sport out there, get more people doing it and, you know, bring a lot of support to those communities and, and kind of, you know, deciding on what that's going to be as far as like what the outreach is going to be, um, you know, is that community projects that we all like, okay, all of us like in this lifting club, we're all going to go out, you know, we're going to lift on, you know, however many times a month, then we're going to go out, we're going to do A, B, and C through our community. Um, so they, it's not necessarily a business goal per se, um, because it's, uh, but um, it's definitely something we're looking at, you know, branching out and bringing to our surrounding community. That, that would be great. You know, once we have a little bit, a little bit of time, a little bit more time on our, on our hands after obviously starting this business. But um, yeah, I mean, and I want to put in a shower if that's more of a, a, a more understandable and reachable goal. <laughs> that would be great in the next year. I'd love to have a shower in here. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, those are the, the big, um, big pipe dream ideas. And then something, oh yeah, I don't want to shower. That'd be great. Love to put in the shower. <laughs> we all do, especially if you use the middle of the day for your work, your own workout time. Your afternoon classes will probably appreciate it if you get to shower, but maybe they maybe they'll want to use it too. So um, I do. I love hearing about the other things that you want to do besides just more members, more profit, things like that. Because you know, entrepreneurs, and it's it's weird, and it goes in cycles in this country. But a lot of business owners and um, people who are viewed as successful kind of come under fire at times and you know nine times out of ten you talk to somebody who wants to go into business for themselves especially at this level and there's always this service goal it's i love this thing i want to make it my job but also i want to leverage it i want to give away as much as i can i want to make this impact on my community and you're there trying to walk the walk after you talk the talk right we don't want to just be inclusive and say we're for everybody. We want to go find those people who are like, nah, it's not for me. And be like, Hey, right here, we're here downtown LA. We're for you, whatever that case may be. And if everybody even picks a niche, you start chipping away at that. And then it, the more people that do that, the more it really does come from, from, for everybody. And it just comes full circle to being like, Oh, Okay. This is what we said we're going to do. This is how we're doing it. We feel good about it. 
yes, we're here. We're a business. We need to make profit. That's the engine that drives things so we can grow. And then I know, you, you know, you need more time. So the more you grow, the more you can get staff to give your time. And then you have money that you can put into those things. It really is. It's an honorable purpose if you're using your business to leverage to whatever makes you feel good, right? Whatever gives you purpose and meaning and stays to whatever your values are. So um, I, screw the shower. I don't really care about that. That's cool, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I was, it's not like you can't take a shower somewhere else, but you can't really use without getting real weird. You can't really use your home shower to make an impact on the community because, you know, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna let your neighbors who don't have a shower use it. So let's use the gym. <laughs> yeah, well, I like that. I, agree. I love <laughs> it. I think it's great. I always tell people, um, one of my dreams in doing this is that I'll be able to follow up, whether it's on the air, off the air, in a year, two years down the line. So I can't wait to see what you're doing. We are just about out of time though, um, as, as always, and as we expected, we ran a little bit long, but before I let you go, where can people find you online? Give us your website, any social media handles you have. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, on Instagram, we are at mixtape.athletics. Um, online, we are just mis mix. Oh my gosh, that's a mouthful. Mixtapeathletics.com. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, pretty much if you type in mixtape athletics, we will pop up so um yeah definitely give us a follow on instagram if you're in the area please feel free come join us the beautiful space um obviously i'm biased i think it's the best but yeah it's it's pretty rad definitely come check it out if you're in the area if you travel here we'd love to see you thanks so much for having us dominic we really appreciate it awesome thank you so mixtapeathletics.com all the social media links are at the bottom if you didn't catch any of those Thank you so much for being here. It's been fun. To everybody who spent a little bit of time out of their day with us listening, we appreciate you too. If you want to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button, give us a like, leave us a review. If you want to be on the show because it's super awesome and you can be like Mercedes, um, there's a link in the description. Click the link, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard. Keep kicking ass, keep changing lives. Jim Wards out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.